Good morning, gentlemen. Okay. Morning, Skish. Okay. Okay. Okay, we're at the bottom of 3B, and we're discussing the uh, three parts of the Sota. Uh, the, uh, there's the warning, there's the seclusion, and then there's testimony that something... Um, um, now, in some cases, there's just two parts. There's just the warning and the seclusion, and then that's where you take her to drink. But there are other cases where, in addition to the two parts... They saw enough evidence that um, it's clear that she was, uh, they became impure. And that's what we're going to talk about today, what's called the Tumah. So the question is, now, then they have to get divorced uh, if, she, if it's known that the affair happened. The, our case is typically where she's secluded, and she said, oh, nothing happened. And now, I, I was trying just to, sometimes I exaggerate, I was saying that they're alone in a hotel, it could just be that it's in her own house, you know, that uh, the, the old days they used to joke about the milkman. You know, there used to be such a thing as a milkman or a mailman, you know, that she would be alone in the home, the husband would be at work, and a neighbor would stop by. And they, he was there alone with her in the house for enough time for something, un, you know, improper to happen. And the husband said, don't be alone with that neighbor. I don't trust him. I don't, or it's not good for you to be alone with him. Uh, uh, and so uh, then it happened. So the question is, how much testimony is needed to say, we don't even allow her to drink. She for sure did the sin. Uh, what testimony is needed for Ede Tumah? So we had said uh, that, uh, and the Gemara had a big challenge, that maybe one witness would be enough for that. And our question was, uh, usually you need more than one witness uh, for that, uh, for en- enough to forbid a wife to her husband, you need two. And so we... Um, uh, we actually said that uh, part of the reason is because it's part of a process, meaning that she was first warned by the husband not to be alone with him. And then she was in seclusion, and the husband only warned her because he was jealous, because he thought something unusual was happening. And then she was alone with this person. And there's two witnesses, and there's witnesses to the other parts of it. At, at that point, if there's actually a witness that something unusual happened, then she'd be forbidden. But in case where there's no prior history, you w- one witness wouldn't be enough. And we actually quoted that. Um, uh, that was, uh, let's start from there, Vituma Bialma, five lines from the bottom. It's just plain Tuma, plain on, uh, testimony. Below Kinoi, without any warning, below Stira, without her previously uh, having been alone, Delo Mehemnen, and how do you know that from? Because Nemer Khan ki ervas dover. The Torah talks about somebody doing something, uncovering a nakedness. But Nemer made him, and it calls it a matter, over a matter of nakedness, a matter of erva. And the Torah typically says you need for a matter of sexual improperty, something improper, you need two witnesses or three. Yakum Dover, my Dover Now just like over there. Any kind of testimony needs to be it. Um, it needs to be edim shnayim afkan edim shnayim. Here also, it's got to be two. So that's the uh, now the previous gemara. The gemara mentioned the uh, more than um, 
Yeah, that, that's what we were talking about yesterday. Okay, Tanarabban, in two lines from the bottom. Eza edis Rishona. So we earlier quoted the, this process uh, of the Sota. We talked about the first testimony. What's the first testimony? Zu edis dira. That's the testimony um, on the fact that she was secluded. Edis achrona. What's the, the last testimony? Zu edis tuma. This is the, that she did something improper. The Kama steer, Kama sheer steerer, and uh, we're on the Dalit Amadalaf on today's page at the top. How long did she have to be alone in order to do something improper? They all talk about the elevator analogy. Like some elevators are very slow. Like, what if a man's alone on a. The elevator analogy comes out where the man is not supposed to be alone with a woman who he's forbidden to. Uh, so uh, what happens if you're alone with a woman on an elevator? Well, how long does it take to stop in between floors? It, 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 because typically in an elevator, uh, you're not alone long enough for something to have happened, it wouldn't be a problem. But you have some really slow elevators out there, you know, and you have some really quick uh, people. So when is it a problem? So what is the, the amount of time needed for, we've been calling it hanky-panky, just because we don't have another word that's... Uh, that's cleaner to use. How long is the sheer stira? So the Gemara answers, Kadei Tuma, in order for somebody to be made impure. And how long is that? Kadei Bia, in order for the act to happen. So then the Gemara adds, is it the full act? Or it's not, doesn't have to be the full act. Kadei Ha'ara. Ha'ara is like the beginning of the act. Kadei, um, and how long is that? How long does this act take? I mean, practically speaking, uh, a woman is alone with a man for a minute or two, so there's not enough time for something to have happened. How long do you have to testify that she was alone with this man? So they didn't necessarily have watches in those days, so they would give it in a, in a, a reference of something they were familiar with. So the first explanation is Kadei HaKafas Dekel. The amount of time it takes to go around the date palm, Dive Rebishmo. It's not like very long, but. Um, Seconds? No, nah, no, nah, I think it's longer, because you'll see the other ones uh, definitely take longer. Rebelazer, Kadei Mezigas Akos, to mix a cup. That was like a bartender, how long it takes a bartender to mix a drink. Rebishua, uh, Kadei Lishtoso, no, it's to, to drink it. How long does it take to drink? Benazay says, Kadei Litzlos Beya, in order to fry an egg. Uh, Litzlos is to, to roast an egg, actually. Maybe roasting, I don't know, is that quicker than frying, perhaps? What? Isn't the term required that they, they would do. They have to have been alone. With, that's alone correct. Yeah, before that's, anything even really happens. Yeah, Rabbi Kiva says, Kadei Lagomo, to swallow it. Then to say, Roma, Kadei Lagomo, it has to be enough to swallow three eggs. I, I guess if you're. It, you, unless you're really hungry, it takes a while to to eat several eggs. And the amount of time it takes a weaver to tie the ends together. The amount of time it would take a woman to stick her finger in her mouth, in order to remove uh, something that got stuck there. The amount of time it takes to stick your hand in a basket in order to get a loaf of bread. So the truth is, this is a very unusual Gemara because um, they're not arguing in Psukim. 
Um, and uh, we're going to see later in the Gemara that each one was giving, they, uh, apparently they were basing it on their own experience, how long these things take. And uh, apparently there was a different experiences. So would it depend on each wife, depending on how, how quick or how fast they, they worked? Um, I believe that there's something, this is a, a Gadot Gemara, sort of, meaning that there's a deeper meaning here that... Uh, it's, def- a it's a mushal, like, you know, the, correct. Uh, I think over time we've lost the definitive answer what each thing is saying, you know, whether it means to, you know, whether it's mixing a drink, it's taking two different things together and blending them. Well, that's maybe that's what the act is, is taking him and her and allowing them to blend together, or is it enough to... Uh, Eating is a, a desire. A person is hungry, uh, and they first prepare the food. So we're giving an analogy for the preparing this. The uh, having relations is also a desire, so that also has to be prepared to some extent before you eat. So what does that preparation involve? And is it, uh, is it singular or is it multiple? Uh, so again, uh, and is it his involvement or her involvement? So all of these views could be explained in that uh, debate about how much is involved before. Now, there's another aspect to this also. Um, the ancients, uh, in some places, whether that Victorian or in some places they wore multiple layers of clothing, it just physically to take off the various clothing could take a while. So Tosus removes that from the equation. Let's see the top Tosus. How long does it take for them to be alone, to be a uh, had hanky-panky? So Rishalmi called Alan Shir and Achar Hatoris Sinner. We're talking about after the amount of time it would have taken to get the clothes off. In other words, uh, these amounts are, because you have to, you know, you have to be able to look at the amount of time it would take to remove the local clothing, whatever was worn, and then you add on this amount of time for the, uh, the act to take place. So all these nine things are for the act to take place? Then? Correct. Yeah. Well, I thought it was just to be alone together. To be alone together and have done the act. So if a woman is alone with a man for a minute or two, so you would say that's not enough time. That's not normally what it would take to roast an egg. So therefore, right. you can't prosecute the woman because obviously nothing happened. They weren't alone uh, long enough for anything. But if they were, whatever amount of time it takes to, how long does it take to... Uh, to circle a date tree is like, to, to mix a, dip, a bar drink. So uh, we'll see what it means to circle the tree. I have a feeling that that's a little more involved than just to, to walk around it, I think. Um, I think so. I think also you'd have to say, and then to put the clothing back on, because unless, unless you discover them with the clothing, you know, you ha- there'd have to be enough time to have taken it all off and then put it all back on, and, you know, and uh, you have to be able to take that out of the equation too. And so that's, it could end up being quite an l- amount of time in th- that took place for the wife to, we're talking about to destroy their marriage to say that, you know, they can't be alone together now unless they go drink soda water, uh, they would have had to have been enough time to, to remove all the clothing, to have done these things, put all the clothing back on, and then, and then uh, somebody shows up, and then the, the person could say, well, they, they, perhaps this happened, right? So that's the... But uh, it's more mysterious than it is. We're leaving more unsaid than said. Now, the last explanation that he gives it as far as pulling out a bread from the basket. They should toast it with sal, liter kicker. 
the person has, I, I assume that we're going to see a little more about it, believe it or not. The, the fact that the Gemara discusses this, uh, it takes this seriously, so to speak. It's one thing if each one has his own mushal, each one has his own, he knows that different places and different times, maybe you eat eggs, maybe you don't eat eggs, maybe you mix drinks, maybe you don't. So maybe they were just giving multiple uh, things, but we're going to see the Gemara takes it seriously, which seems to indicate that there is a deeper message here. But I'm not telling you what that message is. I'm just pointing out that there's more than meets, than meets the eye. Uh, but the fact about the bread, it seems like uh, when you remove bread, you don't want to break it. So it has to be removed delicately. And again, I think that's also that this, this act is a delicate act. It takes a certain amount of time to do it uh, in a way that uh, would normally be done. So uh, why did we list the bread? So he says, even though I can't prove it, there's a hint to it. There's a hint in the Torah that the uh, doing forbidden relations, I don't know if forbidden relations are quicker or shorter than regular relations, but doing forbidden relations, it says like this. There's a passage that says, A man with a prostitute, it mentions the loaf of bread. So usually it is that uh, just like people have an appetite uh, for food, they have an appetite for other things. And it compares the two, the appetite for food with the appetite, but it does mention the bread, so therefore maybe that has to do with the amount of time it takes for the bread. Why do we need so much detail here? So the word answered, you need a detail. If you only say for the act, well, what about her getting to agree to do the tumor? What about the, uh, in other words, normally they, they first have to wine and dine each other and then they agree. So that whining and dining, uh, that could take a long time. Uh, so we're not including that. We're assuming that maybe they first flirted and, and decided they were going to do this ahead of time. And so then they were alone. So how long do they need to be alone? We're not including the amount of time it may take to seduce somebody. I guess the difference would be if they were total strangers. You know, if they were knew each other, maybe they had already seduced each other and they were just waiting for the time to be alone. Whereas if they were total strangers, you'd have to include the amount of time it would normally take and I don't know how you figure that out. I, some people get seduced quicker than other people, I suppose, right? That, that would be... But over here, we're not talking uh, that amount of Kamash Malon, that it's just the amount of... Even we don't have a way of knowing, and if she was alone long enough to have done the act, even though we have no way of knowing if they previously had agreed to be seduced in the, or not. Kadei uh, Bia... Uh, that it's enough time for the act to place. If we just said the act, I would say the whole thing. Uh, you know, the radio, they have these commercials about how long people could last in the bedroom. You know, like uh, that could be a long time depending on uh, what they want. This word is even the initial, just the initial um, a part of the act. If I only said that word, I would have said the initial act and the amount of time it takes to be seduced. That it's just that amount. And how long is that? That's this surrounding, going around the tree. The Mara says, has a question. And they were alone. How long does it mean to be alone? That I wouldn't necessarily know from the Pasuk. But then it says, 
a long enough time for her to be made impure. So now we know that being alone means being alone enough time to have completed an act of making her impure. How long is that? Could they be a could they are? Could they cause there are said decos? Even less. Yeshua says, could they mizigas a coast to mix the cup and as good lishtos to drink it? Could they litzlos bear? Read of misay, could they live gummit as well? Kisilkadaita. So this version is slightly different than the version we had before. Initially, it mentions the going around the tree. That's the same as Chazaris Dekel, putting the tree back. This idea that you, um, uh, do you need to move certain things for the act to take place? Is that like, um, uh, uh, or is that, is the, I don't know if you pull the branches down when you pick them or around the date palm, or I, I don't know exactly, but is that, is that the going, the, the, the tree gets pulled down and then it goes back, kind of Chazaris Dekel? Um, it, that's the same. So Hasam Rishul Kadeh Kafas Dekel. He used a different term. Upligi Rilazer Lau. Hacha. Over here, Rebbe Lazer Argadeh Zaris Dekel. That sounds like it's the same thing. Amrad by Hakafu Beregel. He says going around is by foot. Chazora Baruch. The going back is with the wind. So apparently, when you pick, the branches get like pulled in a certain direction, and then the Chazora means for it to like bounce back to shape. Um, so again, I don't, it's very difficult to know without knowing the type of tree and the, uh, what these are, but we're saying they're actually two different opinions. They're talking about two different things. Boy, Ravashi, Chazor Baruch, when we say it goes back in the wind, does it mean go back to the exact same place? Does it mean just to go back, or does it mean to go back to where it was? Take last Nafi. That's a that, that's a complex enough question that we have to ask Elio is also interesting, right? I mean, maybe there's a Havamina that you know, if a person's pulling fruit and it's pulling in one direction, when he's releasing and blowing in the wind, it snaps back to the opposite direction, and then you know, there needs to be time to move. Center. Right, right. Um, in other words, is this is this is there certain uh, is there a certain amount of time needed for? For the the move the movements and the placements for things to happen or not, Hasamamur uh, Lazar over there. There's some other contradictions here. Earlier he said in order to mix the drink, and over here he mentions the tree, and it's it's the same rabbi. So maybe Idi Baidi Kachiru. Maybe that's the same amount of time. Hasamamur we show you they lishtos to drink, and over here he says to mix it. Amy today lives the galishtos. Maybe he means to mix it and drink it. Why don't we say it's the same amount? That's the same. Then we quoted Ben Azai. Uh, ben Azai there said to, to roast the egg, and over here he says to drink it. So maybe that's the same amount. In other words, some of these uh, are not arguing. They're saying very similar amounts of time. And over here he says to roast the egg. Maybe he means to cook the egg and swallow it. I wonder if swallowing is quicker, like not to eat it slowly. Uh, does he mean also, is that a description of this act, that it was like done like one big gulp rather than small? I don't know. Belay ma'idi ba'idi isn't the same amount. In Kedis, then he's the same as Ben Azai. three eggs one after another. Here he says just to swallow it. The more answers, he's trying to go with Rebbe Kiva's terms. The Kamar Mishar Mitzli of Gmiya, you Rebbe Kiva are, are want to talk in terms of roasting and swallowing. Maybe the swallowing takes an, a, a certain amount of time alone. Kadei three eggs after another, which is the same as cooking and swallowing. 
Then we said, Roasting, thank you. The amount of time it takes to, to tie together different threads. Again, is it, a, is it a question of taking, assuming that a man and women are different, there are certain, like, bringing the threads together. Because uh, we talked about blending. You know, these are just interesting analogies. Cooking is taking something that's raw and waiting till it's ready. Right? These are all... In other words, the, there's... Uh, that for this act to take place, there's a certain amount of blending, there's a certain amount of him and her, there's a certain amount of waiting till things are ready, right? There, those are all descriptions of what needs to take place. So the question here was about tying these knots. So he says there's a big difference. The merchach, if they're far away, oh, the mekarif. <laughs> so um, is, does she play hard to get or is she easy to get? Like, in other words, is it... Um, does it... Um, Sometimes, if you ever, if sometimes you have two things to tie together and they're far apart, it's very difficult to tie them. And sometimes they're right next to each other. And so, uh, what's the description here? Take who? I have to ask Elio Navi to let him let him explain that. Tanim ben Pinchas. Yeah. Has there ever been a documented case of a sota in Jewish history? I believe so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, did did you ever come down and like? Any or yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think think there were women that blew up. Yeah, it, it really sounds like AIDS, by the way. So the fact that it was so quick, sometimes that was unusual. In other words, um, the people get transmitted diseases who engage in. I mean, that's really what they they don't want to tell you about AIDS is that it's Hashem made it in the teva that people that are loose with these type of things end up getting terrible sicknesses and diseases and they and this, but I, what was unique is that this happened almost immediately in the base of English that she would blow up but yeah there are documented cases uh, uh, Gemia I think it actually means to drink it doesn't mean to eat it's like um, uh, Eliezer says to swallow it's a swallowing it's, yeah but it means to gulp down I see. Okay, like a big gulp, right? Okay. Not to right. sip. It's not a sip. Right. No. A sip is like a slow. It's a sip. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. Um, it's interesting though. Why would it? Does that mean he was like very thirsty? Is that why it says by Eliezer? Like you know, he mean like you know. I I'm sorry. I I'm gonna gulp this down. Give. He he was really you know maybe that was hinting to that. I don't know. Um, the next one though was kind of a pink today. She toasted Yada to stick her hand in her mouth. By the way, it doesn't necessarily mean her mouth. Sometimes the, that, that area is called her mouth, the mouth of the womb or something, and to, and to remove something, to remove the impediment, to remove something that's in the way. Is it difficult to pull out or not? Take To a basket, lito kicker. So again, if you're used to a gada to gemorahs, you, you see that there's definitely something going on here. Um, the, the fact that the Gomorrah goes into it, uh, it's either because we typically don't talk about certain things publicly, that we don't have that information, or that there's even deeper secrets here, uh, describing what actually is involved. As I said, that is an action, is, is it a, a question of, of, um, of, of, of uh, you know, like mixing a drink, of getting the personalities together, or is it a question of, of of cooking when things are raw and waiting till they're done is it a question of uh, 
of of uh, some of these other things of uh, so I don't know. Is the bread in tight or not? Is it fresh bread or old bread? Is it warm bread or cold bread? Is it wheat or is it barley? Is it soft or hard? It's so interesting that he wants to know exactly. And is there such difference? <clears throat> I guess so. Uh, I mean, again, it's a few seconds, I think. Uh, but it sounds like he wants to know the nature of the act. Is it, how would you describe it? Is it, um, is it the soft bread or the hard bread? I don't know. Shochitim chalku v'nishmat yosu. Yeah, well, he says, he says wheat is smoother than barley. Barley's rough. Okay. Right, it's easier to grab the I guess so. Yeah, I don't know what barley bread looks like. I'm not even sure. But, uh, more coarse. Uh, more coarse. Yeah, I think... I can't remember the exact reference, but there's a reference in EO about um, uh, uh, grinding someone else's bread, and and it's a it's a reference to being misana with somebody else's wife. Uh huh. Interesting. Okay. I'll see if I can find that. Grinding is is a well known metaphor for for relations. Kina, the grinding where you have the upper millstone and the lower stone and. The, the, it's a crushing motion or, or a coming on top of that. That's used in a few places for relations, uh, grinding. But here, here we're mentioning just a period of time. He says, it, it, usually, again, we expect the Gemara to be psukim. He says that, no, it's not psukim. Each one was telling you their own experience. And do you ever have a Gemara like that, where each one went home and said, this is how I do it? Or, uh, or is, is it what they recommend? Is it, what they're, um, is it telling us that there's different experiences? Uh, so how would you know? Are there nine different types of wives? Well, wait a second. That can't be. Ben Azai was a bachelor. And he was a religious bachelor. So what kind of experience did he have? He got married and then he got divorced. He, he tried it; it didn't work. So, but he had some experience. Or he heard from his rebbe. Hashem tells him secrets. This is a different concept. Um, I've told you this concept before too. I really don't know the shas. I'm not fit to teach the shas. Um, meaning that um, uh, on my own, I don't think that I had would have the knowledge to fully uh, teach what I'm able to teach sometimes. But when you, sometimes when you attempt to do something, Hashem gives you, He gives you secrets. He fills you up with information. Meaning, and this happens to everybody, by the way. When sometimes you don't understand something in learning and you apply yourself and the idea comes. You know, they, they, it's a fascinating thing. You know, in yeshivas, they teach you how to study Gomorrah on your own which means that you sit down at the beginning of the day and you're looking at something you don't understand and then you work on it and then you understand it. You know, if you don't understand a math problem, you could work on it all day long. You still won't understand it. There's the idea with Torah that Hashem, if you really want to work hard on something, He'll, he'll give you that knowledge. He'll, he'll put that into your brain. He'll help you understand things. That, there are people that uh, were really not bright enough to, to uh, have lots of information in their head at one time and have memory and have recall, and they learned Torah and they can. There are people that in high school never sat through classes. They go to Israel and they study, and all of a sudden they're studying hours and hours, and they don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. You? 
you who could never sit and study, all of a sudden you want to learn Torah? Like, and the answer is that Torah is a different, um, it's a different kind of study. And so sometimes when you study, you get information beyond what you're capable of. And so that's the, so that's the secret also. When you learn Dafyomi, it's true too. You, it's, it's called Satir Hashem helps you. you. Like, you know, beyond what you would sometimes get on your own with where you're coming from and who you are, Hashem will, fills you up. So Ben Azai was a bachelor. He had no, from his personal experience, he would have not have known it. Hashem gave him the secret. They say that the Chazan Ish knew surgery. They, they say that um, the doctors used to consult him. Now, there's some Gemaras about the placement of different limbs and how to do things, but somehow he understood, you know, somebody would come to him and say, well, the, the, the doctors are suggesting I should do this, and so he would say, no, no, don't do that, you know, <laughs> and then the doctor would come and he would say, why? And he'd say, You're absolutely right, you know, like, or he would advise her, like, the, how did he know it? He never went to brain school or surgery, so the, Hashem fills them with wisdom. And again, you'll see this in many cases that uh, people understand things that there's no explanation for how they know it. Um, that, that's why we feel that uh, when you go to a great person that sometimes they are given wisdom beyond what you would expect from the Chumash or from the Gemara. Right, it's, it's uh, Hashem, you're correct, he's Chonene, like Hashem, Hashem gives it to you. And you can ask for it too, by the way. You can say, you know, Hashem, help, I need to figure this out. Uh, really, the Mishkan was that, when you think about it. These were people that were slaves and had built bricks, and all of a sudden they had to do gold work and silver work and, uh, and weave things. And the answer was is that they wanted to... Um, really, most artistic, many artistic things come... When we say, oh, it comes naturally. No, it doesn't. Hashem puts it into them. Hashem gives people this, these type of things. Hashem fills them up. Dorosh Revavir, Zimu Mishmeidu Revami, sometimes he said it in the name of Revami, Zimu Nomer Le Mishmeidu Revasi. Kola Ocholachim, this is an interesting analogy. He says, if people are used to eating bread without washing, Ki'ilu Baal Eshezona. That's similar to a man that comes, uh, has relations, commits adultery, um, uh, has, is promiscuous uh, with a harlot. Shinam Markibad Eshezona Ad Kikolachim. It's a funny analogy because you would say that e- eating bread without washing is not such a uh, is not a sin like being promiscuous. Um, bread, a person has an appetite for bread, and a person has an appetite for relations. And uh, some people, when they cut corners on their bread, meaning that they uh, their appetite they they're not willing to sanctify their eating, they're not willing to take the few seconds to wash the hands first. So it means they don't control their other appetites either. Uh, that's the that's that's the analogy. So Omar and uh, but he's quoting it from a pasuk. It's just interesting. So Omar Rava Hai Bat Ishezona Akikulechem Bat Akikulechem Bat Ishezona. The wording doesn't fit so well. So he says Ella. So therefore he doesn't agree with this drasha. Ella Omar Rava Kola Bal Ishezona. He says a different thing. He says the person that allows his appetite for women to get away with him, he's going to be poor. Lesof Mavakish. He's going to be begging for food. In other words, a person that gives in to the appetite for women, it's going to use up all his money. That appetite overtakes everything, and you can never satisfy it. And uh, that's very expensive appetite. Uh, one person that wants to uh, uh, appease that appetite, and in the end, he's going to have nothing. He's going to be begging for bread. So that, that actually we could hear a little more. That, that there's historical, you know, people that gave up their fortunes uh, uh, for the women. 
Somebody that ignores the washing of the hands, necker mina be uprooted from the world. Um, again, Chazal had an interesting way of understanding mitzvahs. The people said, so what's the big deal? He didn't wash. It's rabbinic. No, the answer is no. That's, a, uh, that's eventually the person who's not willing to... It's, uh, there's an idea of cleanliness, an idea of, of, of sanctifying your food, of controlling your appetite. If a person has no control over control, He's going to be thrown out of the world. He's going to uproot himself. The, the first washing, you pick up your hands up high. You hold them up high. Uh, that's why he said, Nitilas Yedan, picking up the Mayimachronim, that when you wash your hands, there's a kind of a mitzvah to wash your hands after a meal, too. That's, uh, that's where you, uh, there, you, you lower your hands. You want the water to go down. After the meal, the hands are greasy and grimy, and you want the water to go away. So you hold them down. Tanya nami hachanotu yadav sarkshavi yadav lamala. We learn also like this: when you wash your hands, you pick them up. Shenemar yotza amayim. Why do you do that? Because perhaps the water, the dirty water that you just wash off, uh, if you hold them down, it'll go. When you first wash, it goes to your wrist, and it'll go back, and then it'll recontaminate your hands. So hold them up so that the water goes away. Amar avo. Anybody who eats their bread without drying their hands, it's as if they so we're talking about here a person who did the mitzvah, he washed, but he didn't dry. It's as if he eats impure bread. So uh, that's the discussion we had. Now, we earlier began a quote from Mishlei. In Mishlei, it talked about a person that uh, won't control his eating appetite, uh, will eventually get, uh, won't control other appetites as well. And uh, the continuation of those psukim mentions the following. It says, A man's wife will capture a delicate person. They strange. Uh, the question here is, we know that a coarse person could care less that he's destroying someone else's marriage. Uh, he's so selfish, he's only interested in satisfying his passion, even though it's... Uh, and there are people that do this to their friends. You know, that's how they meet the woman. And, you know, it's, and they, it's such a selfish act to, like, do to somebody else, to destroy their... You know, someone else has a long relationship. They're talking about somebody, a child, whether you're doing to the parents of that. That child's going to grow up without parents or parents that, uh, because of their selfishness. So... We understand that a coarse person or extremely selfish person uh, could do such a thing. But what about a nefesh yikara, a well-meaning person? How could a well-meaning person be captured by a, um, uh, a married woman? So, He says the secret is a different enemy of ours called arrogance. And it's easy to... People that have what to be arrogant, usually people are arrogant because they actually have something to be arrogant about. Sometimes the worst thing is when people are arrogant and there's nothing to be arrogant about. But there are people that have been gifted. They're very nice looking. They're very talented. People that have that, they have a problem that they get arrogant. Once they get arrogant, he says, That's going to lead. Uh, so we had before about self-control or controlling one's desires. This is interesting that it compares arrogance 
to um, basically, if you're so great, then uh, then uh, you're entitled to everything. It needs more explanation, but I'm not sure that we have to the, have to think a little bit more about what that is. Why it's specifically arrogance. Oh, my rabbi, nefesh kar, nefesh Shouldn't it say a high, a high and mighty person? Vaod hatatzud mi voile. She captures him. Omer koheka habal eishesish. I feel it's saying a different thing. He says what it's telling you is when you learn Torah, you're precious in Hashem's eyes. That's why we do it. It's, it's a lot of hard work, but it's because it's precious. It's the secret of the world. It's a very if you there's any one thing that you do in life, you try to learn. The Gemara says that. Even if you don't do other things, you learn that, 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 that the light of Torah will connect you to God. So he says it's a different teaching. What about a person has that? They've learned Torah. They do Hashem's preciousness. They're, they're, they're special in Hashem's book because they dedicate time to learn Torah. He says even if you have that, if you do the sin of, of adultery, you blew it. As great as a person who learns Torah is, as, as, that's, like the great, that's like the biggest and again, in Hashem's good graces, the best thing you could do is learn Torah. But to get out of His graces, the worst thing you could do is, is adultery. That, they go hand in hand. Torah is more valuable than valuable gems. Uh, even a person who's so holy, like the Koin Gadol, that goes into the Holy of Holies, he to the dinner shall Gehenim. He is destined to Gehenim. Uh, Sometimes you person can fight Gehenim, and certainly you have Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur atones for a lot, but if somebody uh, has relations with someone else's wife, Eve, as much good extra credit that they have, they are going to. Uh, it's still going to have to face Gehenim. We quoted arrogance. He says that arrogance is like uh, idol worship. How do you know? Because it says, Tov Hashem Kokov It's disgusting in Hashem's eyes, arrogant people. Disgust don't bring in my house. The simple is they worship themselves. Uh, uh, a person is supposed to put Hashem in front of, uh, if a person's arrogant, it's a certain amount, it's self-worship. He's in denial of Hashem. It says, You pick up your heart and you forget God. It's as if the person had all the forbidden relations. Wow, you'd say that a person that had forbidden relations is the worst. We're saying that arrogance is, is as if they did all those disgusting things. It's disgusting in Hashem's eyes, a person that has errors. All the disgusting things. Ula says, It's as if he built a, uh, an altar. So there's a lot of analogies here to arrogance. That, that arrogance, we all have to be careful with that because it's easy at certain times and certain places to allow certain arrogance to become part of our personalities. And we're seeing here that arrogance is one of the worst, uh, one of the worst problems, worst Yetzirahs. Some people aren't even aware that they have it. It's funny, other people are. <laughs> you could ask someone else and you could tell right away, oh, this person, they, they're full of themselves, you know, or they, they have it. But people don't see it in themselves. And that makes it a big challenge. But we're saying that's one of the worst disgusting things is people that are arrogant. Uh, what's the term over there that something hand-to-hand won't be guilt-free? Any man that has relations with someone else's wife, a feel a even if 
they are as great as Avram Avinu, even if Hashem gave them the heavens and the earth, even if a person is very spiritual and very good with God, but they have this one fault that they allow themselves to contaminate married women, they are going to face the, uh, the judgment of Gehenim. It doesn't fit the words totally. So he says, how does he want to learn it? Uh, you know, we're saying you could even be the Avos. You could even be Moshe Rabbeinu. There's no greatness that'll get a person out of the sin of adultery. There's no, <laughs> there's, you know, sometimes you're Hashem's good buddy and he'll overlook it. Uh, adultery doesn't get overlooked. Even like Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabbi Yochanan still felt it didn't fit the words exactly. You can say a lot of nice drushes, but it has to fit the words of the Pusik. It should say from the hand. Rabbi Yochanan, he says, We'll take this tomorrow, but there's an idea that there's a certain form of tzedakah that protects a person from sin. And uh, that's when a person does tzedakah secretly without other people knowing, and he does it privately, he does it modestly. That's, a, that's a, one of those guarantees that helps a person. We'll, we'll take it tomorrow. But even if he has that guarantee, that insurance, we all like to have insurance to protect ourselves from sin, uh, but uh, to, we want to be protected from Gehenna. The, the last thing we want is for eternity to suffer. For eternity is a long time. You know, it's really, uh, we can't imagine how long it is. Um, and so uh, uh, what can we do to make sure we won't get caught up in that sin that a lot of uh, people that, uh, even like the Kaingado or great people, fell into that sin? So what can we do? And so we're going to point out that there are a lot of, uh, sometimes even somebody who has other great things going for them, uh, they fell into, the, that doesn't, uh, if they do that sin, they're not protected. Okay, have a great day, everybody. Be well.